Hello, hello, friends, and welcome back to the Game Raiders podcast. Uh, I'm Drew. Sergio, how are you doing, my friend? Hello. I'm doing all right. Just want to give a little fair warning. Um, I do have a bit of a cough, so if I, you hear coughing in the background, that's just going to be me coughing up my lungs. Yeah, he's definitely not going to be like coughing over like when I'm discussing some of the games on this list because they're pretentious or, you know... I'll definitely be coughing over a lot of the ones that he put on. (laughs) Yeah, so um, we're talking today about uh, video game soundtracks. And, you know, it's because this is important because music, you know, kind of elevates. It it is a a medium unto itself, but it also elevates other mediums such as video games or, you know, movies and stuff like that. And it's important in telling us how we should feel about a certain character or you know moments and uh you know this could be like a whimsical romp through a fantasy world or you know whether we're we're trudging slowly through a pitch black hallway you know and we've only got a flashlight you can hear like the chittering sounds of some creature off in the distance so yeah music has this way of elevating a work uh to its ultimate potential um, which is why sometimes the thing we most remember about uh, after we put the controller down when we walked away from the game is the soundtrack. Um, it elicits a lot of nostalgic feelings for a lot of people, uh, depending on the game. So today we're going to be looking at what our top 10 best, uh, in our opinion, best video game soundtracks are and what makes them great in our eyes. Hell yeah. I love I love soundtracks, man. I know. It's so it is literally like I mean Yeah, I don't I don't even know. It's hard to like it's hard to discuss because it is such a like how do you how do you put into words like what a music like what a piece of music like means to you? You know, it's yeah. like sort of hard to like kind of reflect on that and like put it into perspective um and like i was i was working on this um like in the past couple of days and i've been like while i've been doing each uh game i've had the game soundtrack on in the background while i'm working on it and i'm just like oh i love like i love this part of the um you know where it picks up right here like where it it kind of has this like choral overtone to it like the chorus in the background you know so um I, it, it actually has made me like appreciate even more some of these games like where I was just like oh that sounds good before it's like now I'm like okay and then like going back into like the stories of like how, how some of these composers um, how they got inspiration and stuff like that uh, yeah really really gives like a whole new like um, uh I just had the word, but yeah, like, <laughs> appreci- appreciation. There, there we go. you go. Yeah. There you go. There it is. So the first game we're going to be starting, we're going to be going in chronological order. So we're going to kind of uh, track the evolution of video game soundtracks almost as we go through this. Um, so the first game we're going to be talking about is one that, I mean, a lot of these are very near and dear to my heart, but this one, uh, especially so, my favorite Mario game as of this moment, Super Mario 64. Um, I mean, I don't, I don't know what you can really say about this game that hasn't already beat. I mean, this game is lauded to high heaven, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, even though it's, it, you know, some people find the the controls or the camera frustrating uh, nowadays. Uh, I mean, it, I mean, it's a very important game for a lot of reasons. I mean, obviously, you know, first 3D uh, game you know uh pioneered a lot of that uh foray um into into 3d uh video game animation so but but the soundtrack is also just incredibly iconic it it you know it has this like childlike whimsy to it in certain parts it also has this feeling of dread in certain spaces um you know, and the tracks from this game have become like synonymous with the Mario brand in several ways. Mm. Um, so Koji Kondo, uh, he's I mean, he's worked on so many and he'll come up later, actually, when we're discussing another game. Uh, he's a veteran composer. 
but he worked um, when he was working on this game. He kind of created a bunch of new interpretations of like the main Super Mario Brothers theme, and then he also incorporated some melodies from previous games uh, into the game. But he also created a bunch of whole new compositions. Mm. Um, you know, and these tracks <clears throat> have gone on to be, like I said, incorporated into other projects that are like some that you know feature Mario. A lot of them. Um, yeah. A lot of these tracks are in Super Smash Brothers. Um, they're very, they're a lot of them are quite popular in the remixing scene. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, very popular for like, um, especially at the, at the club, right? You got to bounce to the yeah, dude, fucking so. I don't know, but what kind of what music, like what instruments were used for? 64. I can't really find exactly like what instrumentation he used. Um, but if I had to guess, I mean, it, it's it's because it's basically a lot of um, I, I'm assuming he used a lot of synthesizer in it because mm-hmm. it, it kind of does have that like feeling. Yeah, because there because, you know, there's a certain point where like video game music stopped having that kind of like 8 bit, you know, well, not well, it's necessarily 8 bit, but I like, you know, that sound. Yeah, I know. And then, yeah. yeah, and I do. And I think Mario sixty four was a good example of that's. I think that's when we started transitioning. Yeah. It, it, it still may still have some of those. In, I, don't, I don't know, but you know, what I'm talking about like I think like that's when we start getting into. Um. Do start evolving. Right. Uh, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And I, yeah, the thing with the sixty four soundtrack compared to the other soundtracks is you know I've played a couple Mario games and the one the music that goes back to in my head is. Mario 64, even like Mario Odyssey, I can't. Besides, like yeah. the one song that's sung by What's Her Face, I can't really. Yeah. Give you a, a new melody or anything like that, but I can, you know. Yeah, I mean, I think, and I think a lot of these are gonna be like, a lot of these early games are gonna be. It's like the passage of time, right? Like we yeah. may come to view Super Mario, Super Mario Odyssey in the same way that we that we view Super Mario 64 in like another ten, couple of of generations um but yeah like i mean i mean you're right i don't think that there's anything in odyssey right now that can compete with like a bomb on battlefield or a slider or you know i I, my personal favorite track out of the game is the jolly roger bay slash dire dire docks music that one just every time i hear that track it just like takes me back to like when i was a kid and I was like, I was playing N64 and Game Boy Color and, you know, reading Nintendo Power and, you know, all these kind of just like, yeah, it's like this just wave of nostalgia just hits me and yeah. I'm like, just transported there. So Slider, that's the one that's uh, with the penguin, right? That's the, well, it's the one that plays on like most of the slide levels. Slider yeah. is also incorporated into the Cool Cool Mountain. Um track as like kind of like a different uh it has a different uh intonation to it um but i noticed i noticed that you didn't include uh the super mario rap on this list uh there's what super mario rap what is this it's from the the show oh is it okay i was like i didn't know if you were actually oh (laughs) oh no oh okay you never watched the show no i've never i've never watched this it's like live action yeah, I, I yeah. see what it is now, but I'm like... <laughs> You've never oh, watched Super, no. the Super Mario's Brother show? <laughs> no. I never oh, I never God. watched any episodes of it. Oh, God. Oh, Drew. Oh, Drew. Sweet, sweet, innocent. I Drew. just saw a picture here that... Hold on. I gotta send you this, because this is... I typed in Super Mario Rap, and for some reason... I don't know why this came up. But uh, for anybody for anybody who's wondering, it looks like Mario is just fucking raw dogging Princess Peach from behind. Um, well, that's great. Um, <laughs> anyway, so yeah, so uh, some uh, some some favorites. Um, I don't know if you have any particular. Do you have any particular favorites out of this game, Sergio? I mean, you I just put a couple up here. But... Slider, Slider for me is my favorite. That's the one that. I always think about 
for the slide levels. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's, maybe the yeah. When, you, when you first boot the game up and you get the mess of oh, Mario's yeah. face. I mean, even the fucking title. Yeah. I mean, like yeah. the main title, dude. It's like, God. It, the menu music. Oh, it's so good. Uh, yeah. Bomb on Battlefield, I think, is, is just an iconic main theme that, you know, will never die. Mm-hmm. And like I said, Jolly Roger Bay and Dire Dire Docks for me yeah. is probably like the most um, is is my favorite track out of the entire game. Hands down. And I <sighs> I, I want to give an honorable mention to another N64 game, uh, the Donkey Kong rap. Oh yeah, Donkey Kong 64. DK64, yeah. Yeah. Um. All right, so we're moving. We're jumping consoles briefly. We're jumping consoles to. The main competitor for the N64 during this time, the PS1. And we're jumping to a game that I just recently finished, like within the last couple of months here for the first time, uh, as I'm, I'm trying to kind of catch up on this, this series that I missed out on. Um, but it, we're, talking, we're going to talk about Final Fantasy VII here. For a little bit. This is the game that always comes up when you're talking about the Final Fantasy franchise. I mean, we could have filled this entire list probably with Final Fantasy games, but I didn't want to crush Sergio under the sheer weight of the JRPG genre. You're you know? going to do that in a couple of months. So. It was, it, it was, yeah, I mean, it was going to get overbearing, you know, so, um, especially because we haven't, I mean, I, I've only played seven as of this point. Uh, you haven't played any of them. Nope. Uh, and uh, well, I guess that's not true. I'm currently I'm currently going through 14 right now. I started picking that up. But um, so the game, the soundtrack for this game was composed, arranged, and produced uh, by st- series mainstay Nobu Umatsu. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Um, probably not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you better just apologize right now before you before. Um. So, you better apologize before you, <laughs> you yeah, continue. <laughs> all of Japan, the state of the state of Japan, um, the country of Japan, the country of Japan, whatever you know what I mean. Like, <laughs> uh, what state are they in? What country are they in? <laughs> <laughs> um, so Amatsu had originally planned to use uh, CD quality music uh, and with vocal performances to take advantage of the console's audio capabilities, but then come to find out it actually starts making the game load long like there's longer loading times for each area so deciding this was not not a worthy trade-off uh you know he just decided to go ahead and just use the the midi sounds uh the so the playstation console early playstation consoles use a processor called midi an audio uh-huh. processor to kind of replicate instrumentation interesting uh, and so this is this is what he just decided to go ahead and use instead of the original, uh, his original idea. And uh, this is similar to kind of how the previous games of the series sounded like on the uh, Super NES. So it still kind of has like that bit quality to it, like we were talking about earlier with um, in regards to Super Mario 64. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, Omatsu decided to kind of approach composing this game's music kind of like a film soundtrack and wanted to make uh, tracks that kind of reflected the mood of the scenes rather than trying to make strong melodies to define the game, even though now this game has those strong melodies, like people associate this game with a lot of these melodies. Um, so it's, it's kind of funny, but like you can already kind of see the seeds being planted here, like the evolution of, of music uh, in video games. Um, and uh, this was also the first game in the series uh, to utilize high-quality digitized vocals for a track. And this, of course, uh, being during the now-famous One-Winged Angel track, probably the most famous boss fight music in the entire world. Uh, I don't think there's any dispute on that. People who don't even play Final Fantasy know what One Winged Angel is. Like you know who Sephiroth is. Uh, I know who Sephiroth is. Yeah, like you know who Sephiroth is, and you probably like if you if I started playing One Winged Angel right now, you would be like, oh yeah. Start singing it to me right now, baby. Dun, oh, dun, oh, dun, open up those pipes. Dun, 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 
What? You do no. not know? Okay, come on. Not you're, ringing any bells. You're you know, you're I, I am not memeing you right you're now. I am, I am so being a hundred percent serious. Um. So, uh, a, a cool anecdote about One Wing Angel, by the way. It was inspired in part uh, by Igor Stravinsky's Rite of Spring, and also rock music from the late '60s and early '70s. Um. This track has been called Umatsu's most recognizable contribution to the music of the Final Fantasy series, and he agrees with this sentiment. Um, so some of, some of the favorites probably that I would uh, have out of this one would be the opening and the bombing mission, um, the like battle theme, it's just called fighting, but the, it's the Final Fantasy VII battle theme, obviously. The main theme, uh, Eris theme is also really good, and then of course One Winged Angel. I mean, it, it, you can't get much more iconic. Yeah. I don't got much to add because I didn't play Final Fantasy VII. Yeah, but I do have a I question mean, you for you. you. I do should. have a question well, for you. What's up? How does... Because you played the remake, right? Also? I played the remake and then I played the original. So yeah. the music in the remake, I'm assuming, is actually like instrumental, not the yeah, MIDI. Yeah, they, So how, uh, does, how does the music compare between the two? Oh, the new tracks are like... Yeah. So good. They're so fucking good. I mean, like, I mean, no, no, no discredit to the original. Um, and like, we only have like a handful of tracks that have been used so far because obviously, the remake is only like a small part of like the whole game. Yeah. Um. So we're gonna get more later, but like the remixes that they have have done uh, for the remake as of now are absolutely phenomenal. Like the the orchestral. And we're going to talk about this later on in regards to another game as well. But the addition of like full orchestral, like act, like instrumentation, uh, to a game that previously only was able to utilize, um, like was only able to utilize like bit processors, basically, is just you know it's it's fabulous. It's it's phenomenal. Um. So yeah, so I but yeah, I would have been remiss if I hadn't put like because I, I I think I would have gotten called out by like I would have gotten called out by like Emma and I would have gotten called out by like some other people so if I didn't put this on here. Hey man, we already got called out for spoiler alert, not having Silent Hill on this list. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, no Silent <laughs> Hill. If you guys are all the Silent Hill fans just left, they're like, ah, you fucks. They're writing a le- an angry letter to their representative. They're already in the comments. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I haven't played Silent Hill. So. I, yeah, me neither. <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry. I'm more of a Resident Evil guy. And then they just start throwing vegetables at me. <laughs> Boo this man. <laughs> Why are you booing me? I see what makes you cheer. <laughs> um. Okay. So now we're jumping uh, back to the N64. Uh, and we're going to be talking about uh, another... Oh, like, knock, knock. Who is that? Oh, it's Koji Kondo with another banger. That's right. We're talking about Ocarina of Time, baby. Um, and obviously, I mean, music is such a big focus for Ocarina of Time because, you know, you have to play the Ocarina of Time in the game, you know. So obviously the music cannot disappoint, um, and it and it doesn't. At least it, for me, it doesn't. Um, you know, and uh, the way and and Kondo, you know, kind of went, and he, you know, he has those light motifs like he does in Super Mario sixty four. You know, he has like specific themes for areas and characters and whatnot. But you know, you it also kind of incorporates. Um, the specific ocarina songs that you can play in the game uh, into the background of some of these tracks. So, like, for example, Lon Lon Ranch borrows from Epona's song, uh, Zelda's Lullaby plays in the courtyard of Hyrule Castle, and then you have Saria's song as the kind of main chord for the Lost Woods. It associates an area with a the song that you can actually learn to play in the game, so it kind of marries... Uh, gameplay and uh, sound design, uh, in a in a way. From the beginning of development, Ocarina of Time was kind of designed to kind of like the, promote this cinematic style. Like all of the cutscenes were designed from like a cinematic standpoint. And like we've seen over the past couple of games, 
like there's still this is still a relatively new thing um for video games at this point like nintendo is still well i mean and some people today still even like they'll refer to like video games like all as nintendo or whatever you know and like i feel like that is due to the stigma at the time that like video games were just for kids you know and obviously now we know that that's not true like video games are telling more mature stories and i think during this point we were moving it's we were moving more in that direction where it's like like even though yeah ocarina of time you could say is a kids game i mean it is it's kind of intended for kids but it does it is dealing with some mature themes and from the beginning of the design you can see that it's it's trying to tell a more mature story but that can also appeal to kids um so uh and some of the some of the favorites from this one uh the title theme just the, the main menu music is great is fabulous uh hyrule field uh kakariku village and then lon lon ranch are some of the standouts here i mean but all i mean there's so many bangers in ocarina time it's yeah. like you can only you can only put so many like we got to move on at some point you know we can't just spend all of our time talking about ocarina time um well and, i didn't play it <laughs> um ocarina of like, time is like i mean yeah i think well, i, I think there's mask on the ds yeah you should play the Ocarina of Time remake on the 3DS because it is it, it there's a lot of nice quality of life improvements. Yeah. In the 3DS version, I wouldn't like unless you're like a hardcore fan, I wouldn't recommend going back and play like the original version. <laughs> uh, no. But um yeah, so um on that note of games telling more mature and thought-provoking stories, uh we're going to talk about Pokémon now. A game literally designed for children. Uh, <laughs> and as a kid, um, I loved the Pokemon. I, yeah. I owned uh, Yellow and um, Silver. Silver. The next. Yeah. yeah. So well, yeah. Silver was Gen two. So yeah, yeah. You came in on like the tail end of Gen one, and then into Gen two. I don't know. Um, I mean, that's when I got my Game Boy. But like, yeah. I, you know, I've, I've I had Pokemon cards and stuff before that. Yeah, I mean, Pokemon just kind of was this, like, phenomenon, you know, that kind of just started. Um, and, I mean, it still hasn't really slowed down. I mean, it's, it's what, the third most successful franchise in the entire world yeah. or something like that? I feel like it has, like, peaks and valleys, I feel. Because, like, when it came up in the oh, early yeah. 90s, it was like, woof. And then I feel like it kind of, like, died down for a little bit. And then it has, had another peak. And then and then now yeah. it's back. It's like a roller coaster. But, like, we keep going, like, up. We don't really, when we go down, we don't really ever go back down below where we were previously. Does that make right. sense? Yeah. Yeah, like I think that in terms of quality, I think I mean if you ask me, I think the games have like drastically varied. Um, you know, in terms of like quality from uh from like what I would want from a Pokemon game. Uh, but I mean, there's no denying that it is like just. A, a wallet drainer so like to put it mildly you know um so and and i mean the music is buy, also a big part of yeah the music from this game because i mean again this is played on the game boy so of course it's not going to be like <laughs> yeah you know a full orchestra or whatever it's going to be like a uh, little this is going to be more eight the eight bit sound we're talking about like more right. so than, than like on the sony playstation or the 64 yeah, and it's actually really interesting how they were able to pull this off. Uh, so Junichi Musuda, one of the co-founders of Game Freak, um, he's he's made like such a killing off off this franchise. God, it should be a crime, like you know. <laughs> um, but he's actually the one who composed the music for the original Gen One games, and he did this at home on his Commodore Amiga. And if there are any like zoomers listening and Amiga is like a really, really old computer. <laughs> um, like before windows. Uh, so the Amiga only allows for, uh, I, I, I did not know any of this. I, I learned all of this on the spot. Um, it only allows for pulse code modulation, huh. uh, sample playback, which, Basically, it, it's it's almost kind of like uh, Morse code in a way. Like it'll, you know, it's it's done by like a bunch of little taps essentially. Um, but this this fits in brilliantly with the pixelated nature of the early Game Boy. 
You know, it has yeah. that kind of bitty quality to it. Um, so the after fact he would that he was able to write absolute bangers with this thing is yeah, I know crazy. I know, and like yeah, the fact that it like yeah sounds so good is incredible. Um, and then after he got done composing the tracks, um, he would transfer the compositions to the cartridge for the game uh, with a program that he himself had written. So this guy made an entire program to transfer a pixelated soundtrack from an ancient relic of a computer to uh, this game. And Jeez Louise. And and the fact that it sounds so good is is honestly just impressive. Like, um, yeah, I mean, I don't, I yeah, bravo, Junichi Musuda, if you're listening, bravo. bravo. We bow down to you, sir. Tennis claps, tennis claps for Junichi Musuda. I feel um, like um, you never see like uh, Wayne's World where they're like, we're not worthy. We're not worthy. We're not worthy. Oh no, I'm not worthy to stand in this man's presence. I mean, he's like. I, I'm I'm a, I'm sure he's like a multi-millionaire. Yeah, he's got He's got to be. Um, many of the tracks um, in Pokemon are obviously upbeat, and you know because it's it's kind of. Uh, I mean, it is for kids, you know, but it also has a lot of modulation that mimics percussion instrumentation, and kind of gives the soundtrack this feeling of intensity and being on this like sweeping adventure with your best pals and you're going out there and you're exploring the world and you know um which is which is really you know like i mean i think in its essence that's what that's what pokemon is about um, animal abuse <laughs> and animal abuse yes cockfighting um so uh some of some of the bangers in this game i mean again we could have filled this list with with pokemon tracks but uh the opening obviously iconic uh pallet town uh the wild pokemon battle uh music in this game uh viridian and pewter city route 11 and indigo plateau i mean uh, not even uh, Lavender Town is probably the most famous track out of out of this, just because everybody you know, you know likes to make creepy pastas about Lavender Town. But actually, are creepy pastas still a thing? Do people still do that? Yeah, as far as I know, I'm just out of touch, man. I'm I'm getting to, I'm getting to that boomer. I'm getting to like a millennial boomer age, you know. Yeah, you are. <laughs> well, you're older than me, actually. You're good. Yeah, but the kids, the kids, they they keep me up to date. <laughs> they tell me what's up. Have, uh, you have access, is what you're saying. You know. <laughs> I mean, the minion of this show are canceling it. <laughs> oh, sorry, little little inside joke. Um. All right. So the next game. Do you want to? You okay? So this next game, we actually. So this was the game that me and Sergio both definitely agreed on this needed to be in the list yes 100 percent. 100 percent. i mean uh so halo 2 but why but why halo 2 over the original uh, enlighten me on your thought press on your thought process um, on well for me it's when you know you pop in halo 1 and it has that like angelic choir you know the famous oh yeah whatever you pop in Halo 2, it does that, and it follows it up with a sick guitar riff. Yeah. Yeah, it's like when I when I when I was listening to the soundtrack, the the I, I, it's called the Mjolnir mix um, of the of the Halo theme. And uh yeah, that's the first thing that comes on when you put in the soundtrack, and I was just like, "Fuck, dude!" Oh, yeah, fuck. <laughs> I'm like, "This fucks, man." Yeah. If a soundtrack, it's... I mean, there's another one that's coming up that we'll talk about that that also fucks, but I'm like, "This soundtrack fucks, dude." Yeah, I think there's like three of them that on this list <clears throat> that I could be like, I can, I can like work out to this. <laughs> yeah, right. And this is one of them. Like, you know, sure. it's that when that guitar riff hits, and then. 
Yeah. Oh, it's so good. It's so it, it basically it takes a really great like the music from Halo's great. Yeah. It takes that music to another level. Yeah, I think so too. I think I think it definitely outshines the original. Um, I mean, Halo was the killer app for the original Xbox, and then obviously there was gonna so the, obviously there's gonna be a sequel, you know, because Master Chief is now the mascot of the company, basically. Um, Martin O'Donnell and Michael Salvatore came back from Halo Combat Evolved to do the to do the music for uh, Halo Two again, and they would carry on. They would do they would do this for the rest of the Bungie era of Halo. So up until. Uh, or after reach yeah so after reach when bungie left the franchise behind um they would also go they would also go away and they would they would start working on uh destiny um so rather than uh turning to leitmotifs for scoring scenes again we're seeing this sort of cinematic approach um o'donnell chose to write music to fit the mood of the scene uh he referred to the leitmotif uh method of scoring music as the Peter and the Wolf approach, which I don't really get um, what that's a reference to, but I tried to try to find it, but I couldn't find any what what that means. But um, he also um, noted in interviews uh, during development that the new setting of Africa uh, in the future had prompted him to look at Afro-Cuban influences oh. in the music. Um, yeah, 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 dude. Those 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 are some bangers too. Um, I looked it up real quick. Peter and the Wolf is actually a fairy, a symphonic fairy tale that uses musical composition where each character <laughs> is played by a different instrument and they each come in to build up the theme of the scene. Oh, that makes sense. That yeah. makes a lot of sense. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Well, we all, we all learned something today. Yeah. There's a lot because, you know, you, you get the... Like you said, you get that Afro-Cuban influence <clears throat> in the in the scenes. I just can't remember what the world, the the place is called that they're on. That's like the Africa setting ish, uh, pretty New, much. New Mombasa. New yeah, Mombasa. there you go. Yeah. And yeah, dude, it's so it's just so freaking good. Oh my god. <laughs> so um, another reason why Halo Two, um, I, I I think that the Halo Two music is superior to the original halo is that it was mixed to take full advantage of dolby 5.1 digital surround sound uh unlike halo combat evolve so that's all that's already a plus for uh halo 2. the orchestrated music was recorded with the northwest symphonia orchestra at studio x in seattle washington where bungie is obviously based um i think overall the tone of the Halo 2 soundtrack, apart from the Mjolnir mix, and then uh, there's a couple of other tracks that I think are a little bit more, obviously, like, a little bit more, like, action-heavy or, or, like, fit more with an action-heavy scene. I think, overall, the tone of, of the soundtrack is more somber, uh, more reflective. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think... What were you going to say? So I think you get a lot of that somber, reflective stuff when you play as... Um the arbiter yeah so the because the story of two is all about it like covers this period where the covenant have finally found earth and they're invading it um and the arbiter so there's the chief story and there's the arbiter story and chief is trying to you know you know protect earth and you know eventually they discover another halo ring and meanwhile, the Arbiter, who was declared a heretic at the beginning of the game, uh, but is given a second chance, over the course of the game's story, he begins unmasking the lie that is the Covenant religion. And the hierarchy is basically preaching this dogma that is not true. Mm -hmm. And he starts to kind of uncover this lie. So I think, I think the soundtrack kind of reflects that those those themes in the story um halo 2 also kind of solidified the the halo sound you know you have the strings the drums the angelic choir elements you know all of this has kind of become again sort of the halo sound it's become synonymous with the franchise um some of the favorites that we've got for this one include ghosts of reach uh, Heretic Hero, uh, Impend, 
in amber clad the last spartan and heavy price paid a lot of like really good uh, i i actually feel like a lot of these tracks could be like really good um they could be like really good like studying music almost uh-huh. like you just have it on in the background and it's kind of just it's kind of playing this like long solemn like piece you know and you're just like you're 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 working on stuff but you're also trying not to cry because it's so sad <laughs> um all right yeah. but then you so, also get that alternative just to rock and roll baby let's yeah, go yeah right. and then you flip on the mjolnir mix and then it's all good baby it's all good um all gotta, right gotta pump iron at the gym let's go pump this this one's for you chief this yeah one's for you. <laughs> um all right the next game that we're gonna talk about is another one that is very 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 near and dear to my heart um and it is kingdom hearts 2 specifically the hd remix um that they released um back in like what 2015 something like that it's 2.5 remix yeah uh, came out in 2014. There we go. Um, now, if you had told me 20 years ago that I would get this attached to music that plays in the background while Goofy fucks up Cloud Strife, I would have told you you're out of your goddamn mind. Uh, but I have I have grown quite attached uh, to this soundtrack. Um, I mean, as, as a series, it has a hell of a track record when it comes to music. But So narrowing it down was kind of difficult, but I had to ultimately give it to Kingdom Hearts 2 because the HD remix version uh, adds in actual orchestral instrumentation as opposed to the original version of the game, which featured that PS2 uh, MIDI, like mm-hmm. digitized uh, instrumentation. Um, so like, like what we were talking about earlier with the, uh, the Final Fantasy seven, seven yeah. Eight, um, I think this is another game that kind of, um, was enhanced because of those actual, uh, orchestral components. Um, but it's actually, it's actually funny. Cause like some people actually really prefer the PS2 version versus the remix. Like the, mm. they actually prefer the, the MIDI cause it has like more of a, uh, it has more of like it, it fits in more with like the kind of chi- uh, I, I don't want to say Kingdom Hearts 2 is childish because there's a lot of mature stuff that gets thrown in the games, but it, it does kind of have that. It is a little bit more of a fun game, you know. Usually there's a lot of fun stuff happening, and I, I think some people feel like the MIDI version reflects that better. Uh-huh. Um, the soundtrack uh, features series mainstays like. Dearly Beloved and Destati, while also introducing, introducing new compositions that have been embraced by the community over time, like Missing You, uh, A Fight to the Death, and The Other Promise. The Other Promise specifically is like a very, very, very well-regarded uh, piece of music. Um, composer Yoko Shimomura uh, also added themes for specific characters or organizations to better help the player associate a particular feeling with a character or a group. For example, uh, Roxas' theme is sad and longing for something more, whereas Sora's theme is jubilant and upbeat as he strikes out on another whirlwind adventure. Um, yeah, I mean, I know you haven't played the game, but I would just, I would honestly just go and listen to the soundtrack for this thing because it is like, goddamn, like you're gonna cry, you're gonna, you're gonna My- get pumped up. I'm gonna laugh. I'm gonna cry. You're you're gonna laugh. You're gonna cry. You're gonna get pumped up. You're gonna you're gonna pump an iron for Sora and Donald Duck. <laughs> uh, and, uh, is, uh, Kingdom Hearts Two is the one that has Pirates of the Caribbean in it, right? Yes. They does actually the, so, does the Pirates theme make an appearance? So okay, so yeah, this is this is one of the one of the things that the instrumentation, the orchestra helped out with versus the MIDI. So in the original game in the original ps2 version they have the pirates uh theme like he they have he's a pirate but it's all like it's kind of bitified you know and it, it sounds like really off 
Um, like you, I, I would say go listen to them like back to back. Like look up the original versus look up the the remix, and it is like night and day. Cause like the original has it, it, it sounds like just off, and then the remix is like okay, this is fucking he's a pirate. This is the fucking Pirates of the Caribbean theme. Like it sounds like it sounds like the movie. Like it's so yeah. good. Hey man, you include that on your soundtrack, you automatically get a get a boost. Yeah. So uh, definitely was definitely was helped out in that specific. I think that I think that's one of the ones that is universally um like universally uh said to have been only enhanced by the uh by the remix uh some of the other ones are a little bit more like you know some people prefer different versions but that yeah. one is almost universally like yes this one is, sounds so much better um all right some of my personal favorites i mean again i could fill this entire list with these um but just just to name a few uh lazy afternoons Kyrie, Organization 13, Cavern of Remembrance, and Sacred Moon. Um, all right, so now we're going to take kind of a break from, like, video game soundtracks as we've known them, and, you know, where they've got all these melodies and, you know, uh-huh. um, and large compositions. And we're going to, we're going to, we're going to, take a step back we're gonna we're gonna minimize things you know and we're gonna talk about minecraft let's go baby because we would be castrated if we failed to talk about one of the modern marvels of this age yeah let me throw a little story out there someone in this podcast originally cut this from the list in order to put uh another game that was on n64 on this list and i thought that was insane he doesn't realize how much minecraft music has had an impact especially on younger kids uh like when we're working in because i work with kids so i'm like what do you I play i'll put music on when they're working I'm like what do you guys want to listen to it can be literally anything and they say minecraft music so most of the time when they're working for like two or three hours we have the Minecraft theme, Minecraft uh, OST playing. In my defense, in my defense, the soundtrack for GoldenEye 007 is a banger. But I did relent because I I do have to give it to you that I think Minecraft has had more of an impact on, like the Minecraft soundtrack specifically, I think has had more of an impact on more people. Um, and I mean, I mean, I, I think it's for good reason. I mean, it, they're they're definitely both really really good soundtracks, but I I did have to ultimately give it to Minecraft. Um, so like we like we were kind of discussing in the beginning, Minecraft is a radical departure from almost every other game on this list, and that the soundtrack is entirely. Uh, composed entirely of instrumental ambient music. So the uh, composer, uh, German musician Daniel Rosenfeld, who is also better known as C418, uh, primarily com- composed the soundtrack for the game. He and he decided to choose. He chose the minimalistic approach to the score, not out of an initial desire to, but because the game. Uh, game's terrible sound engine forced his hand. <laughs> I mean, it turned out for the best, I, I think. I think so, too, yeah. Um, you know, because, yeah, this this actually creates more of a lightness. It has this kind of gentle, peaceful feeling most of the time. You know, obviously, if you're in the nether, it's kind of like, you know. Um, but for the most part, it kind of has the... It almost has this feel of a lullaby, you know? And... Um, it's not intrusive. It's not in your face. It just exists, you know. Um, it is just there in the background while you go about your day, and it is just something to listen to, which is really, really nice. Um, specifically that, for this. Yeah, and again, like the, the kids love to study or work with it playing on because it's so peaceful. So they don't they don't get stressed out. 
Right. You know, that's what the whole point of the music is, right? It's not to stress you out. Yeah. It's calming. It's just, yeah, totally. Um, so some of the, some of the favorites coming out of this one, uh, we got the Minecraft. That's uh, the menu music when you first boot up the game. Uh, we got Subwoofer Lullaby. All of these tracks have really interesting names, by the way. Go through the su- go through the soundtrack list for <laughs> Minecraft. So many so many weird ass names, but it, it somehow fits. Um, Subwoofer Lullaby, Living Mice, and Equinox. Uh, just a few of the hits. There's actually like I think there's like three or so volumes of like Minecraft music that because I think this guy's been working on the I mean, he's been working on it since Alpha. Huh. You know. And I'm assuming they just keep adding more music as they add more yeah. stuff. Yeah. So there's like, yeah, there's a bunch of, there's a bunch of Minecraft music out there. All right. Um, so we're going from minimalism due to lack of options to minimalism by design now. And we're going to be talking about The Last of Us, the game and the series that we cannot seem to escape no matter how hard we try and not talk about The yeah. Last of Us. It keeps popping up. I don't know, man. I'll never let you stop talking about it. I'll just, <laughs> I'll, I'll just keep pulling you back in, baby. I know. It keeps, yeah, it keeps pulling us back in. Yeah. Um, so the score for this game was composed and performed primarily by Argentine musician uh, Gustavo. I'm going to fuck up this name so hard. Uh, Gustavo Santaolala. 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 Who's also doing the music for the TV show. Oh, nice. Awesome. Yeah. So you got some of that original talent. Yeah, buddy. Uh, so, um, and it was, and the soundtrack was also supplemented by compositions by Andrew Baresh, uh, Anthony Caruso, and Jonathan Mayer. Um, so I'm going to refer to him by his first name because I don't want to fuck up his last name too much. Uh, so <laughs> Gustavo brought good old, his... Good old Gus. Good old, good old Gus, man. My, my, my friend Gus... Um, he brought his minimalist style to bear when composing the game's score and also incorporated instruments that he was personally unfamiliar with to add a heightened <laughs> sense of danger and excitement to uh, certain areas of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think if we were going to safely sum up the music of The Last of Us in one word, what would you what would you put? Uh, probably somber. Oh, I was going to uh, say guitar. I was gonna oh, say guitar. Oh, you meant like a, <laughs> a, a, not the not the feeling you get with the instrument. Come on, <laughs> that's a little that's a little chilling. I mean, I guess, but but you cannot. Didn't, I mean, the guitar carries this soundtrack on its shoulders. Yeah, specifically the acoustic guitar. Um, you know, it kind of moves from slow, deliberate twangs for the quieter, reflective moments of the game to steady heavy strums that elevate the more tense scenes um i mean yeah i was um again i was listening to the soundtrack for this while writing this part of the the script and uh you know just like i I think this is another soundtrack uh not all the parts of it but i think this is another soundtrack that you could put on in the background and listen to while you're working on stuff yeah for sure Uh, it's very it's a lot of the tracks are very very somber uh a little bit more quieter they just have the those like i said the guitar twangs just you know kind of almost i and and like last night while i was working on this i was like falling because like i had i had minecraft and then this back to back i was like falling asleep bro i was like (laughs) you're like god damn it this music's so i was like it's so soothing god damn it um so some yeah. personal favorites out of this one, we've got The Last of Us, The Hour, The Hunters, and The Choice. A lot of tracks with the in mm-hmm. the beginning of them. <laughs> yeah, and that that carries over in the Last of Us 2 soundtrack yeah. as well, which uh, I own. Last of Us 2 soundtrack on vinyl is beautiful. I wish I had this one on vinyl, but this one is sold in two volumes for some reason, while Last of Us 2 is sold in one. Oh, huh. Which is, yeah. which is funny because that is like a much longer game. Yeah, it's a so yeah. I think I don't know why, but I think Volume One of Last of Us soundtrack is one one vinyl, and then Volume Two is one vinyl, and then The Last of Us Two, it's two vinyls sold in one. So it's like oh, <laughs> uh, that's so why weird. why you do this to me? It's twelve yeah. more hours of music, and you 
you sold it to me for one price, and the other one you won't sell for. You got to buy two separate, you know, thirty dollar discs versus one thirty dollar. That's so good, man. I don't get it. Um, it's good stuff, though. I love it. His music, yeah. beautiful. I'm glad he's gonna be doing the show. Mm-hmm. I haven't actually like sat down and like purposefully listened to the Last of Us Two soundtrack. I probably need to. It's good. Um, like, it's not. I don't think it's as good as the first one. I also think he does the thing where he composes half the music and they brought another composer to compose the stuff with Abby. Mm, okay. If, so if, 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 I remember, if I remember correctly, that's what happened. Interesting. I mean, it, it sort of, it sort of makes sense. Yeah. Considering the themes of the game. So, yeah, but it still has a unified sound to it, but it's just, you know, one composer is just writing the music a little differently for Abby than <laughs> one guy could. Yeah. All right. Um, we're going to talk about doom now. Yeah, baby, let's go. Yeah, no, 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 no more of this about, of this right? quiet stuff. Now, well, acoustic guitar? What's that? Yeah, what what is an acoustic uh, acoustic guitar? There we go. Jesus Christ. We're gonna rip and tear, baby. Let's go. Yeah, this is another this is another soundtrack that definitely fucks. Um, yeah, Doom's 2016 is just pure adrenaline and catharsis packaged on a disc. And the soundtrack is absolutely no exception. So Mick Gordon uh, is the one that handled composition work for Doom's soundtrack, uh, with original additional contributions being provided by Richard uh, uh, Devine. Uh, the initial brief that Gordon was given was actually to feature no guitars, no electric guitars heck? in any of the tracks in a Doom game. Uh-huh. Like... Yeah, that's what it it initially felt that like metal had kind of become like a parody of itself, you know. So they were trying to kind of steer away from that. They actually, I think they also specifically said that it was going to give it more of like a a Bill and Ted vibe, which Weird. is very very odd uh, comparison to make. But um, but anyway. So Gordon initially conceived the music <laughs> after this meeting after he was basically given this brief. Uh, to use the theme of Argent Energy, uh, which is the energy source in the game, uh, corrupting, like, man-made technology. So to achieve this sensation, he would compress and distort sine waves and white noise and um, and then put that, like, uh, into into the tracks. And this this definitely had a unique sound to it, but it wasn't exactly what Gordon thought Doom should sound like. No. So you, you gotta have those guitar riffs. So he started adding guitar riffs, and this brought it up to what we now know today as Doom 2016. I mean, it brought it more in touch with that Doom sound. Um, so seven and eight string guitars um, were brought in to give the music a lower tone. Um, some of the songs also reference like older games in the series. There's a couple of like, you know, nods to the series. It also features a couple of um, interesting techniques. One is known as backmasking, which is where a sound or message recorded onto a tra- is recorded onto a track backwards that is meant to be played forward. And uh, uh, one example of this is like in one of the tracks, uh, it says "Jesus loves you" backwards. <laughs> um, and then another technique that was also used uh, was a steg- steganography, I think is how you pronounce it. Stegan. Yeah, see, I, I knew about this one. We, we put it like in the certain like waveform or whatever you can see like 666 or pentagrams. Yeah, or, yeah. so it's like, it's like images hidden in other like medium. So it's like there's like images of like pentagrams and the number 666 yeah. uh, added in. It's in the music. It's in the yeah. The devil is uh, trying to corrupt your children, dude. And... Like when I was running, I would put on rip and tear and just book it. I think rip and tear is definitely the best. Well, okay, I won't say the best. I think BFG Division is also like another yeah. really BFG Division at Doom's Gate. But like, yeah, rip and tear is definitely the most iconic piece out of the soundtrack. I think he actually won. He won awards for this. I think this mm-hmm. was like the best soundtrack of the year. Yeah. 2016. It's like one of the best games of the year. 
Uh, yeah, it's it's Doom 2016 is like a solid, just like yeah, solid game. Like and easy IGN to pick up. Gave it a seven. Easy to pick up. IGN doesn't know what the fuck they're talking. About. <laughs> uh, it's it it's easy to pick up. It's easy to like just run through it and then you're done and then you can just put it down. You know, you there's no like yeah. there's not like up. seven million objectives to find. You know, and then you pick up Doom Eternal. Yeah, and then you go, and then now you got to do Eternal. I still need to play Eternal. Yeah, it's on Game Pass, my man. Yeah, um, it should be on Game Pass. I think I think it is. I'm pretty sure it is. It's a good ass game. Um, all right, and now we're gonna finish this little trip down memory lane, uh, with the 2018 Game of the Year winner, God of War. Um, so Bear McCreary. If you don't recognize that game, or that name, I should say, um, you definitely should. Uh, he has worked on stuff like, you know, just little projects like The Walking Dead, yeah, the Battlestar Galactica revival, you know, just like small, like indie things. Uh, Godzilla King of the Monsters, you know, just like, you know, <laughs> nothing, nothing too big. Um, and, uh, and he was the one that uh, Santa Monica Studios... Uh, contracted to take on the composition duties for the game score. Um, McCreary decided to not reuse any previous music from the series and compose entirely new pieces, which I think I think makes sense. Because um, this is kind of like a slash reboot-ish of the series anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, however, he did say he, he did decide to kind of take inspiration from a lot of the series elements like musical elements such as the deep choirs the pounding drums and the shrieking brass um he spent months uh researching and listening to nordic folk music to ensure that he stayed true to the uh to the sound uh and like the kind of tones that were going to be woven throughout the game because obviously it deals with norse mythology um, this dedication to authenticity led McCreary to using some exotic instrumentation and languages from North Northern European folk traditions. So I'm gonna I'm gonna list off some instruments here, and I swear to God these are all real. I swear to God, <laughs> the hurdy gurdy. My favorite instrument. I love the I love a good hurdy gurdy. The viola da gamba, and the hardanger fiddle. I love me a good hard danger. Swear to God, these are all real. I looked them up. The uh, hurdy gurdy is my favorite of the three. Hurdy gurdy is a pretty is pretty. It nice. sounds it sounds like it's something the uh, the chef says in the Muppets. Yeah, hurdy gurdy, hurdy gurdy. Yeah, I mean, uh, oh my god, <laughs> oh my god. Wait, no, no, no. Yeah, cause yeah, cause Sweden. Oh my god, they probably made him say hurdy gurdy because of the instrument named hurdy gurdy. What if he just says instruments? What if that's what he's doing? He's just yeah, he's, he's, he's Swedish instruments. A hurdy gurdy is basically like it's almost kind of like a sitar in a way. It's kind of like this this stringed instrument that you just lay down and you just you you have it like on your on your thighs basically, and you strum it like that, you know. Um. This uh oh yeah okay. Uh, McCreary wanted the soundtrack to be filled with peaks and valleys, uh, tiny incantations, and gigantic set pieces. Um, I think, yeah, definitely, def- definitely there are there are those. Um, he does he know. does say hurdy gurdy. <laughs> <laughs> I had to look it up. Oh my god. <laughs> um, now and, and for his work. On God of War, McCreary would would win a BAFTA. So much deserved. Much very, deserved. Yeah, much de- well deserved for his hard work on the game. Yeah, I, yeah, I think this soundtrack. I, I think, I we because we so we've kind of gone through this road of like you know games kind of developing almost the cinematic sound and, uh, you know I think finally now here at the apex, this is the apex of that. This is. You know, this sort of um, this is the soundtrack that makes you believe that games are more than just games. They are like art, you know, um, like games are not for kids. The games are can be for adults, too, you know. <laughs> uh, 
So um, some of the favorites uh, we've got for out of this game, we've got uh, God of War, Memories of Mother. Uh, funny, funny story also, Memories of Mother was the first track that was actually composed for the game. Mm. And it was originally going to be Kratos's theme, but they thought it was too somber and solemn for Kratos. Mm-hmm. So they decided to make it actually uh, his wife Faye's uh, theme, theme, the uh, Atreus's mother, who is we never see obviously because she's dead. But good call, good call. Uh, but yeah, and then, and then they got the they got the track God of War that better fits Kratos. Um, and then we've got Ashes, uh, the Dragon, and Echoes of an Old Life, uh, which is where he picks up the the blades yeah. of chaos again. Oh my god, that scene, that whole segment of the game where he's Beautiful. on his way back to the house is just so good. So good, good game. Um, I'm excited for the part two whenever that comes out, and you know next year or the year before yeah, that. After we'll that, see. we'll see. Yeah, um, you know, you, you ever just want to go to the gym? You pop one of these songs on, and then you turn into Kratos, and you're just pumping iron in the fury. Pumping iron, man. You just pump, you're pumping iron, your wife is dead, your yeah, son you, hates you. You grow a big beard. Grow a big beard. <laughs> but you're jacked, dude. You're just like... Next, next to you, you see a guy next to you, you see a guy in Spartan armor, and then you see uh and then and then uh, a Space Marine and you know <laughs> and you guys are all just pumping iron together, you know, to your to your kick ass soundtracks and it's a good time, man. It's a good time. You get all nice and sweaty. This is turning into something else entirely now. Next thing you know, <laughs> you're making love with a Spartan and a Doomslayer. And it's beautiful. Oh, it's beautiful. It's just three manly men just <laughs> expressing their wonder, love for I each other. The soundtrack for, for that. Oh, man. Um, it'd be heavy metal. <laughs> it'd be heavy metal. Oh, God. Um, but anyway, that's going to do it for our discussion. <laughs> uh on uh these are these have been our top 10 uh game soundtracks we tried to pick some of the best of the best the creme de la creme for you guys um let us know what you guys what your favorite piece of music from a video game is or just what your favorite soundtrack is um and uh and Sergio, if you're upset that we didn't include silent hill you can email drew at drewracer at gmail.com yeah just email yeah email me give me all your hate mail that's fine I'll, and I'll here's a, his address is <laughs> i'm just kidding um sergio where uh where do they need to come find us if they want to if they want to hang out and talk about some more games yeah man you can actually send us hate mail at uh facebook we're the game raiders podcast on twitter at game raiders pod right our g raiders uh, G Raiders Pod. I don't. I don't we're, we're one of those, obviously. <laughs> uh, we're gonna be on Stitcher, Apple Music, Apple Podcasts. We're on Stitcher. What happened? We are on Stitcher. Oh, okay. Yeah, so you can find us on Stitcher. Oh, it's just at Raiders Podcast. At Raiders Podcast. Don't confuse us with the Las Vegas Raiders. Yeah. Uh, we're on Stitcher, Apple Mute, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Spotify. Fuck, like there's one more. You say Google Podcasts? It did. Okay. And Stitcher. I think that's it. That's it. If you're on those four platforms, maybe more. I don't know. We'll, we'll find out. <laughs> yeah, we don't know. What do, what do we run yeah. the damn thing? No. Maybe we have too many. <laughs> we're, we're, too, we're, too, we're too much. We're too much for the universe out there. Uh, yeah, listen to us. Subscribe. Give us five stars. Tell us how much you love us or hate us. It doesn't matter. Yeah. No such thing uh, as bad. Hate bad actually us. makes us stronger. The more you hate us, the more content we put out. So... You know, just 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 keep feeling us, man. <laughs> <laughs> all right, and until next time, guys, game on. All right. Yeah, make sure you listen to this music. It's all good. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>